Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and I don't know about you, but I am loving spring right now. The sun is out, at least here in California. I'm sorry for those of you still dealing with snow, but either way, we have softball games. So I'm just sort of basking in it right now, and I'm basking in all of you listening and watching the show as well and learning the stories of our amazing guests. Every episode, I'm just so inspired, and I hope that you are too. So some reminders for more ways you can support. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Subscribe to Believe in Softball on YouTube and actually watch the episodes too. There's awesome stuff there. With all that, let's go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases. We'll start off with news and updates as we usually do. Then we'll head into today's interview with Gabby Plain, the Aussie pitcher and Washington star with a unique story that I'm excited for you to hear more about. And we'll end things as usual with the foul tip of the week, our new segment this season where we share tips to help us get better. So let's get rolling. Covering our bases. It's springtime, like I said, but no matter the season, really, I want to hook you up. So I got to let you know what's going on with our partner, Bet Online, because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And today I really have to just hit it home with the pitching highlights. You know, I really just was impressed with what we saw in the circle this past weekend and so far this season. So let me start off with a few Power 5 notes. Obviously, have to start with Gabby Plain. Can I talk pitching with her as our guest and not start with her? I don't think so. She is undefeated in the circle, and she officially hit 20 wins on the season, 20 and 0. And that makes her the most unbeaten individual pitcher. And I do have to give credit to D1 Softball for that little turn of phrase there, the most unbeaten pitcher, but it's true. Another Olympian, Rachel Garcia, did Rachel Garcia things. She killed it in the circle, hit bombs, the usual. Montana Fouts out of Alabama clinched the series against Arkansas. She now has eight complete games with 10 or more strikeouts. Three of those are in SEC play. That is hard to do. And then there's Oklahoma, who is still undefeated 30-0 on the entire season. But with that record, you have to give credit to the pitching staff, who right now collectively are looking at a 1.37 ERA, led by G. Juarez. So that really matters. Let's not forget that with all the home runs and all the offensive output that they have too. But you know what? I also got to really focus on some notes outside the power five. The University of North Texas, pitcher Hope Trotwin. She threw a perfect game against University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. But not only that, she struck out all 21 batters that she faced. 
And on top of that, the first nine were struck out on three pitches. What? Like, that's just wild. But on top of all of those stats, I felt like the cool thing was seeing this news shared more broadly on mainstream media channels too. It was on ESPN, not just ESPNW. Barstool Sports tweeted it. It's been on the news at like several main stations. Like, that's just awesome. We need more coverage like that, please. Then there's Courtney Vierstra from Miami University. She also threw a perfect game to seal the sweep against Akron. And she had just thrown a no-hitter two days before that. So she finished the entire series without allowing a single earned run or a walk. No freebies. That's impressive. She also struck out 32 in just over 16 innings pitched. Think about that. That is essentially two strikeouts an inning. You're not even, you know, we always say, let your defense work. Didn't even really have to do that very much. So there's that. They're also 12-0 in the Mid-American Conference, by the way. Clearly pitching matters. And I mentioned Gabby's 20 wins, but the first pitcher to actually reach 20 wins this season, and the first since 2019, actually, was Stephen F. Austin's Cass Wilbur. She won all three games in a sweep of Texas A&M Corpus Christi, She's now 20 and three on the season. But what's more is that the Lady Jacks are leading the Southland Conference with a 15 and 0 record. And they're chasing just their second appearance in the NCAA tournament ever. It's important. So, you know, I know we love the long ball. We've gotten used to it, seeing it over the years. We still do. But I wanted to give some love to the pitchers because championships are won on their backs. And especially since we have one as a guest today, of course. So with that, let's go ahead and head into today's interview. She's a current Washington pitcher, two-time collegiate All-American and All-Pac-12 honoree, Australian national team member, and Tokyo Olympic hopeful Gabby Plain. Gabby, thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. I I know that you are crazy busy with like everything that I just named um, in your intro, so I really appreciate it. Seriously. (laughs) That's all right. It was... it's manageable. <laughs> good, good. Well, we'll get into that because I feel like I want to ask you, you know, a million things, which <laughs> thank you for being game for that. But one thing I noticed, I have to say before I forget, normally when I'm kind of like getting ready for, to do some of these interviews with like different players and stuff, I'll see them posting a lot on like Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. But you don't have a social media, do you? Uh, only Facebook. Yeah. Only Facebook. I feel like, I mean, not, not too much. Yeah. This makes me feel sound old probably, but I feel like for, for someone your age to not have like an Instagram, for example, I feel like you're, you're like an outlier. Yeah. I get, I get uh, that a lot from my teammates. I'm like, why can we just make you one? Like, (laughs) it's just, it's, it'd just be so much easier. And I'm like, wow, I know that myself I can get a little bit distracted sometimes from like school and all that so I'm like I'm gonna give myself the least possible amount of distractions that's fair that's actually very mature you're clearly wise beyond your years (laughs) to make that decision (laughs) (laughs) but if you did have an Instagram handle like a name what what would it be like? Would you make it something really creative or would you keep it kind of plain? No pun intended. Uh, I think personally, I keep it kind of plain. I'm not, I'm not necessarily the most creative person. So I'm like, 
better safe than sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, it's on, it's on brand literally with your last name. So it's fine. That's it. That's it. <laughs> What's up? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, like I said, I know you're incredibly busy these days. Like I can't even imagine taking classes, playing games with COVID and then there's the Olympics, like everything. So how are you balancing everything right now? Um, I'm actually getting a lot of help with it. So coaches here, coaches back home, everyone's trying to make uh, this scenario as easy as possible for me. So I'm getting like a lot of communication with uh, everything that's going on back home and uh, the coaches here are helping me with sending home video and uh, information to the coaches rather than me having to worry about trying to be that middle person. <laughs> so uh, it's definitely been made a lot easier by the support group that I have. Well, that definitely helps. I'm glad to hear that because I, like I said, cannot imagine one person dealing with this all by themselves. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was wondering that when I first came here and yeah, I'm very thankful it would have been really tough. <laughs> Seriously, like you're going to be chasing another national title and an Olympic medal, like not just within the same year, but just a couple months apart from each other. That's like not a normal situation. Like, have you, do you think about that much or do you kind of like, I don't know, push it out? Um. It's kind of a little bit of both. I think at the moment it's a bit of a, a surreal sort of moment. Like I know that there's the possibility for me to make the Olympic team, um, but like it hasn't quite sunk in, I suppose. Like I'm working towards being the best I can to like potentially make it, but it's still like a, that's that's very far away. And then I'm like, no, it's only about, four months away, Gabby, you need to realize what's actually happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have plenty to do in the meantime. That's the thing. Like I just, with everything you're doing with Washington right now, like you're in the thick of PAC 12 conference right now. It's, I would imagine that you do have to kind of take it like one thing at a time or else you'll go crazy. Yeah, very much so. It's like a, whatever you're doing at that point in time, at that moment, you have to give everything you've got because otherwise, yeah, it'd be overwhelming for sure. But I feel like you've been doing a good job of that. I mean, some of the pitches I've seen you throw, by the way, like they'll replay them in slow-mo and break it down. And it's just like dirty. Like it's not even fair <laughs> for the hitters. Like, and I, I don't know if you're like too humble to say that, but I'm not, I'll say it on your behalf. But <laughs> how do you control that like how did you develop that and how do you prioritize like your movement as a pitcher yeah uh well I actually came into pitching really late uh I didn't start until I was about 13 years old um which is for most pitchers that start at like eight ten years old like I was already very much behind so the pitching coach that I had at the time was just like we're not going to focus on speed. You're not going to beat anyone with speed at this point in time. We're going to go straight into drops, rise, curve, and you can just get the movement. That'll be what you can do. Speed will come later on if it does. <laughs> so I uh, I think for me, it was a bit of a odd scenario, but then like, yeah, just having the movement I worked through with the coaches, with my dad a lot, just going over why I did something 
to like what it happened at the other side. So we'd sit there like, do we twist it this much? Do we twist it this much? Do I get my body in this position? Stand up straight? Like, so I, I went through a lot of that when I was young. Oh, I bet. I feel like th- there's a lot more to it than people realize too. Like, I think when people think about spin, they're like, oh yeah, like you just said, like kind of twist your wrist, right? And it's like, no, that is not the only thing you have to do to throw okay. these pitches. Like you mentioned it, body position. It's really like your whole like forearm too, like to get that that movement, all that stuff. And I just appreciate when I see pitchers, especially in today's game that really focus on that. Cause I feel like you, you really know how to like hit your spots and like mix really well. And some pitchers, like other pitchers in, in college can do that too. But I think it speaks maybe to some of your international experience too, that like you, you just seem to have a good sequence. Yeah. And that definitely helps when you've got uh, someone on the side, like coach glass, who's analyzing every situation possible. Like, Hmm, I wonder what pitch goes well with this. All right, we'll try this one. So we've had that develop over the past three, four years as well makes it a little bit easier (laughs) for sure I mean when you have like that support I guess the same same with everything else you're saying like on and off the field with your coaches and everything the support's so important but with your pitching coach specifically and you you know you've been you've thrown some perfect games here you've thrown some no hitters like what are you actually thinking about during those games like I think I read you didn't even realize that one of your perfect games (laughs) is a perfect game like tell me more about that uh for I think all of them, I have never realized that I was actually throwing it because it wasn't like I was not getting the ball hit. Like I had a lot of feeling plays that I was like, wow, they got that. And I, I just didn't even realize that that meant no one was getting on pace. So I was focusing on what they hit or what they swung at to make sure that I threw better for the next time around because you still have to face in two, three, four more times. So yeah, for the majority of it, I'm completely oblivious, just like going through the hitters, what they look like, what they did previous at bats, what they have done previous games, all that sort of stuff. (laughs) Well, that's really what you're supposed to do. Like, it's just that it's really a lot harder to do than, than, than you're making it seem like to literally just focus one pitch at a time. Like we always say that, but most people don't, don't do that good a job of it to where they literally don't know that they're about to like do something as, as huge as a perfect game or a no hitter. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've just always been completely oblivious. I think I just, <laughs> it's, there's not a lot happening up here apart from what I need to do. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah. (laughs) I think it's a good thing. I would say like you're, you're saying it's you being oblivious. I would say maybe you could spin that and say that it's focus because you're just so focused on the task at hand that everything else, like, no, your tunnel vision. Yeah. That's a, that's a much nicer way to put it for sure. (laughs) We'll, we'll go with that. Fine. We'll go with that. Oh man. But I, I've, I do notice though, that you are really relaxed in in the circle, like all the time, or at least you appear that way. So you're, you're pulling it off really nicely, even if you don't feel that way, but is that something that you also try to do while you're playing? Yeah, for sure. I, um, I know that personally, when I try to play harder than what I usually do, it actually ends up with me tightening up and having less control or less speed, less movement, just 
because like my muscles are so constricted. So I know that for me personally to be the best that I can be, I need to be relaxed, having fun, enjoying what I'm doing. Like it's still serious, but yeah, it's, it's fun, the challenge that you get. So that's more what I look for and having fun with the girls because that like that feedback to me also helps the environment I'm in as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And you said you kind of like let your defense work too. So you realize you don't even realize that people didn't get on base, but I would imagine like with your teammates, like if you look at someone like Sis Bates, people always talk about like, well, like, Oh, what a dream for a pitcher, right. To have like someone behind you like that playing defense. So what's your relationship like with her? Like, does she make you feel more confident? Uh yeah, definitely. They, every person on that field has pulled off plays that I didn't think was humanly possible. Like they were just that fast or they pulled off this dive out of nowhere. I'm like, I, if it was me, I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's pretty insane just how good they all are as well as how good we all work together. Like we all read each other quite well. So, uh, yeah, it, it definitely makes my job a lot easier. That is a hundred percent for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course. And it's like, I see you get fired up sometimes too, which it's like, yeah, of course you are. Like, that's amazing. You know, like yeah. I, I, I love it when pitchers and the rest of your team, like whether it's defense or offense, like you just like fire each other up, you know, and you can like sort of see that chemistry. And I feel like you guys have that. Yeah, definitely. We're all very much like wanting each other to succeed. So when we see that, we're like, oh my gosh, how good can you get? Like it's, it shocks us every time. Cause we know that they're capable of doing it, but to do it repeatedly or like every game or every week is phenomenal. <laughs> it's amazing. And I, I think, I feel like you guys have a lot of good personalities too. And I actually remember seeing, speaking of that, like in an interview at the world series, this was a couple of years back now, but I think Sis Bates kind of referred to you as like sassy, smiley, snipey, like all the S adjectives, apparently. What are your thoughts on that? Is that accurate? Uh, I think smiley would be good, but I get a lot of that like, wow, you're so sassy. I'm like, I don't, I don't try to be. I just enjoy what's happening. So <laughs> I, I get that a lot. Like, oh, she's, she's smirking. I'm like, no, that's just my face. <laughs> I can relate to that on the opposite end of the thing of that spectrum. Like people sometimes are like, what's wrong? Cause like, I'm not smiley enough. And am I like rest? You've heard of like RBF. Maybe it's like my resting face is just, I look mad or sad or whatever. And I'm like, it's just my face, but I wish I, it was on your side of the house where it's like, no, I'm too smiley. That would be nice. But maybe the grass is greener. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I for sure get that as well. Like when I'm not smiling, I was like, you okay are you sick are you not feeling good I'm like no I'm just I'm just here I suppose <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's our burden to bear I guess <laughs> it goes both ways <laughs> it does that's true I feel like I'm sure that I didn't realize until after I graduated how much coaches like pick up on that sort of thing though like our facial expressions as players and and they can tell kind of like what moods we're in and stuff. I didn't really get it until talking to coaches afterwards, but I'm sure like coach Tar can kind of like read more of that than, than you even realize. 
probably it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me they all I know have come up to me when I've been feeling a little bit stressed or anything like that and just tried to make me smile or make me relax so I think that they for sure see more than they let on (laughs) yeah I think she's kind of smiley too though or at least like I can picture you know her smile in my head from like different games not in a creepy way for the record (laughs) but (laughs) you know what I mean yeah Um, (laughs) but I so like yeah let's talk about her because I, I feel like we can't talk about anything Washington softball related without talking about coach star. But I remember when I had Victoria Hayward on the show, who, you know, this, but just for listeners, like, yes, amazing Washington alum, team Canada, captain, et cetera. And I asked her about like, what are some Heatherisms, you know, that like she, that have stuck with her over the years. And one that she said was how you do anything is how you do everything. And actually, since I've talked to her, I think about that all the time. So I'm like, her Heatherisms are like well beyond just the Washington family. But anyway, for you, have you had anything that has really stuck with you from her? Oh, that's definitely a big one. We, I think that's more like a team mantra than anything like that, just that she has brought in. So it's, I personally very much respect that mantra for sure, because I know that, uh, if I'm feeling kind of off in training and then I'm like, no, still give it your best. Cause like give another one is give a hundred percent of what you've got at that point in time, because no one's going to be feeling a hundred percent every step of the way. But if you give everything you've got, then you can't ask for more. Um, there's the one pitch at a time, one game at a time, uh, that sort of stuff. So yeah, there's a, she has a lot. It's, hard to pinpoint specific ones but yeah they're all related to being where your feet are and staying grounded and trying to give 100% of what you've got to the game like leave it all on the field so you know I just within the last like year or so maybe heard the term or the phrase like be where your feet are and I really like it like I mean I you know I've heard like similar concepts and everything but never it's said like exactly like that and I think it's like once it kind of sinks in, it's just so perfect, even for life, honestly, like for you right now, it's like, okay, yeah, there's team Australia. There's, there's obviously what I'm doing right now with Washington. Like I can't be everywhere, you know? (laughs) So like, let me just focus on what I'm doing right now. It's, it's actually like really important. Yeah. It, it very much is. Cause I've had it for me personally, I've had it both here in Washington with team Australia, but also when I was back home in Australia over COVID, I was like training with the softball Australia girls that were based in my state and then calling in or sending messages to the girls here. So it was a very much flipped dynamic. So yeah, it's, it's definitely tough, but it makes life more manageable when you can focus on what you're doing right at that point in time versus worrying about impossibilities or so many possibilities that could happen in the future. For sure. And that is something that sometimes we learn the hard way, <laughs> but I'm glad it's, it's great to hear that you already kind of get it because I don't think I did probably at your age, for example, wish I would have sooner. So congrats on that. Um, but you know, yes, like with the, like for you, be where your feet are, couldn't be more like on the nose because you come from so far away. Like you're from Australia, which like not everybody who 
plays for certain national teams, like they maybe grew up in the States, right? Some folks like for team Mexico and others, but like for you, no, you're from Australia. Like that's, that's where your roots are and you're playing for that team. And you came from so far away to a different culture, like different food, just different everything here in the States. And I know, you know, you're not a freshman anymore, so it's not as new as it was, but with that transition, how was it, I guess? How did it go for you? Do you feel? Um, I think it went possibly the best it could have because I was definitely very nervous. I was picking up and moving 16 hour flight away from home to the other side of the world. Like there was no way my parents could just come up for a visit and there was no way I could see my friends from home, the teammates I had from home. So I was very nervous about what the environment was going to be like and all that sort of stuff. But I knew other uh, players who had come to the state. So I had heard from them like what it was like. And then when I got here, everyone was so inviting and willing to like help me bring me into the team environment. So it was, yeah, like I said, possibly the best it could have gone. And I, it definitely helped me along the way. Cause yeah, I was for sure a little homesick in that first year, much more than I am now, every now and then it kicks in and you're like, oh, man, I miss home. <laughs> but yeah, the girls and the environment, the coaches make it that much easier to be, yeah, 16 hour flight away from home. So, yeah. I bet. I've always loved that. Actually. I feel like there's a little bit of a legacy with, with Washington, with Heather Tarr, with recruiting, where of course, like there's obviously a lot of Canadian players who, who went to Washington, like Daniel Laurie, who's also been on the show, things like that. And then like, here you are. Right. I think it's really cool that she just like expands her scope. Although to be fair, I think coming from Canada to the States is a little less of a a huge change as it was for you coming all the way from Australia. But I just think that's really cool. um, Cause it does bring in some different elements to softball. Like I know you had some adjustments coming from like that sort of international rule set to, to collegiate softball here in the States. But I would imagine that like some of your teammates are also learning from you, from what you've learned and picked up along the way um, from your international competitions. Um, Yeah, for sure. Like there's been a give and take on both ends. Uh, Like we'll just see something and be like, wow, that's kind of different to what we normally do. So two years ago, two and a half years ago, something like that, the girls actually came out and played in Australia as well, which was really cool. Um, But yeah, they were watching the pitches jump off the mound rather than having to drag and two bases and all that sort of stuff. So we've definitely like learned a lot about the different softball cultures over the years. And uh, even this year, we decided to do a little bit something fun. And I just wrote down a whole bunch of Aussie slang that the girls had to guess what it was, uh, which was very entertaining. It was, uh, there was, I was surprised by some of the ones that they got. And then I knew that there were going to be a lot that they had no idea for. <laughs> what were like, what were like the top three from that? Like, I have to know what some of these were. Um, well, the one of them was crikey, which I feel like a lot of more people knew than I was aware of with uh, Steve Irwin made that a little bit more popular. Uh, well, another one was Tracky Dax, um, which, yeah, I, I knew no one was going to get that because it's actually like 
our sweatpants. <laughs> we call them tracksuit pants. So Australia means we like to shorten things. So it turns into a shorter and shorter and shorter version until it becomes almost unrecognizable for anyone else. <laughs> um, I think Kaya's favorite was going off like a frog in a sock. I think that was potentially, that was a good one. Um, it means to like go crazy, go nuts sort of thing. Love it. But yeah, she pulled that one out and she looked at it. She's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And everyone's like, what? What is it? And she said it and everyone went, you're on your own for that one. <laughs> I don't know what that means at all. So yeah, those were potentially the best three, but also some of the toughest two as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. One of my best friends is, she's from New Zealand originally, but she's lived a lot of her life in Australia as well. And some of the things that I've picked up from her, she's like my vocabulary teacher. Like I, it was before I had ever left the States too, when I met her. Um, And she just has taught me so much, but yes, some of the phrases, like some of them are like probably not appropriate for this podcast. So we'll leave them off. But, but, you know, like, I'm like, what are you saying? Like, I, oh, I had never understand her half the time, but I've like loved it. And I love the culture. My, the place that I would travel to first after COVID would be like Australia and New Zealand, because it's, I just, it seems awesome. And I've never been. So you're inspiring me again. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's definitely, a very big culture jump that's for sure and that's if you if anyone does go just know if people are saying weird things it's probably just shortened versions of what they actually are <laughs> yeah well maybe we're the weird ones you know it's not all yeah. about us <laughs> yeah, <we'll see. laughs> no that's really fun though I, I love that I think it's cool that like what a cool experience you're getting a lot of like really cool like most people never experience this sort of thing in your life like and in your college career like having your whole team get to be in Australia with you it's yeah. awesome like it, it's awesome like I I I think you already appreciate it like I can tell but like when you look back I feel like you're gonna be like wow like what <laughs> how did we ever do that yeah for sure I when I came over here I had sort of accepted that most of the people back home that I knew weren't going to be able to watch apart from online. And so when they said, no, we're going to go play in Australia, I was like, oh, wow, really? Like, that's actually happening? Cool. All right, let's, let's go sort of thing. But yeah, it was just uh, a really big shock, but a pleasant surprise for sure. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's cool when your worlds collide, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I know you said you're you're working still and like in communication with Team Australia right now. And obviously there's a lot going on, but you went home during COVID, you also said earlier. So it's like, how have you and the team sort of been training up to this point? You mentioned it a little bit, but I'm sure it's complicated. <laughs> um, yeah, we it was, I think it was a lot harder for the people that came back right when the season actually uh, sorry the year actually started back up again in the fall last year because I feel like there was a big trial process we didn't know quite how things were going to work so I was hearing a lot of we're training in mass are we happy like completely separated and so for our sport that's not as difficult as it is for a lot of other sports say like football and stuff like that I know that they probably had a lot tougher situation to be in so yeah, we've been continuing to train in masks. We check in daily. 
Uh, every time we go onto the fields, uh, have to do a COVID screening. We get tested every week before we travel. All that, all that good stuff that like over time it is developed and it's set now. But yeah, it took I think it took them a little bit longer to get that process, make it a little bit easier. So I knew what I was getting myself into, but I hadn't personally trained in like a mask or anything like that being in Australia. So that was definitely interesting for me to come back and try and pitch in a mask. That was a bit of a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like another thing to think about that you're just not used to, you know, it's like, I don't know, another part of your uniform in a way, like it's kind of, it's just a new thing. Yeah. But, but you didn't have to do that in Australia, but how did you, how were you guys training in Australia? So we had a very similar setup with the like COVID screening. If you had any symptoms, like you weren't allowed to come in until you went and got tested and were cleared. Um, and so everyone was doing that. And like we would, the New South Wales base girls would all train together. The Queensland base girls would all train together, all that sort of stuff. So we're all very centered like we are now. Uh, there's quite a few crossovers. Like there's not a lot of, other teams coming in at the same time as us both here and back home and so yeah it, it was definitely a trial process that's for sure but I think uh everyone's starting to get used to it everyone's starting to like get what they need to do down pat and all that sort of stuff right right well the whole thing is a trial process for everyone right like no one was like you know what we know exactly what to do if, if we have a global pandemic that we didn't see coming you know so yeah. That's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been wondering too, how you've thought about, or how you've kind of managed this roller coaster of like, okay, the Olympics are postponed. The season last year got cut short, all this stuff. <laughs> and then you decided to come back to Washington for this season. So what, what led to that decision? Cause some people leave right for that year to train. Hmm. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of, a lot of communication that was happening between my coaches here, my coaches back in Australia. Um, but I think ultimately the like biggest benefit of being back here was that I was going to be playing so many other teams for so long. Uh, quite a few other girls back in Australia, like Kaya, uh, Parnaby, Stacey Porter, I know that they've gone back to Japan to play as well. So most of the girls that have had that other option to like get gameplay have decided to go with that. Um, so I personally felt that that was the best way for me to prepare. Uh, but it definitely was not an easy process and it was not an easy scenario to get to. I, I know I was very stressed about it for at least at least a solid month just trying to figure out where I was going to go what would be the consequences of going of staying what would be the benefits of going of staying I had to wait all of that and so but yeah that communication that I ultimately had between both sides and the availability and of like helping me out with either scenario of both sides was definitely made the decision a lot easier to make uh but yeah <laughs> i can only imagine like it seems super stressful but i can see your point though where it's like you're getting tons of reps which is 
awesome. Like at, at minimum, obviously you're thinking about more than just reps with Washington. Like you're, you want to win, but from like the team Australia's perspective, it's like, you're getting reps playing great competition. Like I get it. I could see, you know, I had Rachel Garcia on the podcast as well. And she was talking about that too, with like her and Bubba Nichols and Deja Molipola from team USA. Then you have like Nicole Mendez from T- team Mexico, you know, like there's, there's a good amount of you guys who are, who are doing this same thing. And I, I mean, kudos, it seems like a lot. And you guys, again, are making it seem, you're making it look easy, even if it's not. Thanks. It's, it's definitely been a process. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd imagine too, are you, is it a bit stressful that the roster isn't really solidified yet for team Australia too? Um, I think that's definitely, yeah, that was definitely one of the big questions of what was going to happen as well. Um, like I know that I knew that in coming here, I wasn't going to be able to trial with the other girls in the camps that were being going to be held in Australia because there's going to be too much quarantine time. There's going to be so expensive, all of that sort of stuff. So that was definitely one of the main issues that I was going to have to face, but yeah, it, there was a lot of, it kind of all balanced out in the end. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, I mean, I'm spitballing here, but maybe a silver lining of COVID is that you did get to go back too mm. and have some of that time like back home before now this year, like maybe, I don't know. I think you might be able to like kind of get back into the groove with that team and then feel better about coming, you know, back to the States for this season. I don't know. Is that true? Yeah, it definitely gave me a lot of time with the girls that I had not previously had. Like I went and played with them in Japan and China for the qualifiers, but I was in that scenario of like coming in because I was in college. So it definitely gave me a lot more preparation time with them being able to like learn more about them get to know them better and I very much appreciate it as well because yeah it just made it that much easier because I knew that they would support me and that I would support them and everything was gonna like work out all right in the end I suppose (laughs) right control what you can control and then yeah and then the chips will fall that's for sure yeah yeah and it was a big help because like not only did I get to train with the girls but uh, a few of us got to go down and do pitching camps and all that sort of stuff as well so with the Aussie coaches that definitely made it a lot easier as well to be in front of them yeah definitely I that's awesome I'm glad that you're able to do that I feel like sometimes those experiences too like when you're getting at a camp or a clinic or whatever like you kind of like okay yeah I'm reminding myself why I even like to do this in the first place, you know, like you get that like opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Well, and like I said, I've, I've chatted with some team USA folks, Canada, Mexico, even Italy, actually, Erica Piancastelli was, was on the show, but you're my first Australian. So I'm excited to have you for many reasons, that being one of them, but I want to know from you, like, what should we know about team Australia that we don't already maybe? Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think that like the way that they're training to be ready for going into a scenario where not only are you going to a different country, but where 
like the girls back home are also going from that country into a different weather environment as well. Like we're going from two very opposite climates uh, from winter into summer. The way that they're training is, it's very impressive. Like they're doing everything they possibly can to be ready for anything that gets thrown their way. So I, I see every now and then like from like the messages that we get and all that sort of stuff. And it, it's definitely very exciting to see. Yeah. That's really cool. Cause that, that being in the trenches together to me is always like what really makes you gel as a team. And it's hard to do it because some you guys are doing some stuff apart and all that stuff, but just knowing that you're all doing it for the same goal, like that's, that's the good stuff, you know, that you guys are, will take on to, to Tokyo. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And obviously there could be a million answers to this question, but what are you looking forward to the most? Do you think if all goes well and you have that Olympic experience? Um, well, just the being in that environment, like we've all been to world championships or the girls here have been to like world series and all those sort of big softball environments, but going into the Olympics, it's not just your sport, it's all of them. So seeing that community and how that works is I think it's going to be really exciting to see all of the different sports and how they work together, mesh together and support each other and all that sort of stuff. Like that's a really big thing. So it's not just softball, it's everything, um, which, yeah, completely different to anything most of us have experienced, except for some of the, a couple of the girls that may have already gone in the past. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like it, is there? No, it's like, yeah, completely different to everything, really. Yeah, I that's an awesome point, though, about the fact that it's like all athletes. How great is it that softball is finally getting back to that stage, too? It's been so long. I mean, you were definitely younger than I was when uh, they played last in 2008 in the Olympics, but it's been so long, you know, like it's been so long. Like you were just a kid, and like now here, here's this opportunity. So it's, it's really awesome. Yeah, I, it was an opportunity that I didn't think that I would ever get the possibility to even experience. It was like growing up, I knew that it had been in there in the past, but it was, it had been taken out. And so I was like, oh, well, well, softball is just, it's not an Olympic sport. Like, uh, so to have that opportunity again, I just, when they said it was coming back in, I was like, oh, they can do that. That's, that's awesome. Like, it just brought on a whole new set of possibilities for all softballers around the world. Hopefully it continues in the future as well. Amen. Like a thousand percent. Yeah. I just, I think it's cool too, because obviously in the States, people focus on like the end result of 2008. And it was obviously like the U S losing to Japan and all that stuff. But Australia, man, has always been so competitive like, I'm like keeping my eye on you guys, you know, like for this Olympic experience, because I just, I don't know. I just think it's so cool that yes, there's only six teams going, but 
the different places and areas of the world that you all are representing is is really really cool it just shows how much bigger softball is than we even realize even though it feels like a small world a lot of the time yeah yeah you see people be like oh yeah I saw them last year like well that's the stuff and then you it finally kicks in like oh they're literally from the other side of the world they could not get any further from where I am right now (laughs) Yeah. And the weather, like you said, you were talking about that for the Olympics, but like you being in Washington, a little different (laughs) than the Australian beaches, I would imagine. Yeah. It's, it's always a bit entertaining because uh, there's a running joke that my like friends and family and stuff like that make back home that I'm just constantly in winter. Cause every time I go home, I'll get like, two weeks of summer in Australia or I'll get like two weeks of summer in uh, America and then I'll fly back to the other country and it'll be back to winter again. <laughs> Wait, that's that's true though. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I get like max a month of summer anywhere. <laughs> oh man. So is that one of the things you miss most? Summer? <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's definitely one of them. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I mean, I'm from California, so yeah. Need sun, need the beach, need summer. I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's, I didn't know that that was going to be a thing when I first came over here until at the end of the year, I was like, why is it always cold? Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, do I always have to have this umbrella with me? Like at all times? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) gotta always be prepared I suppose (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's too funny well okay actually I meant to ask you this before but Mm -hmm. I have to which is what are some of the like quintessential Australian foods that you love or maybe you're like actually don't like that or whatever you miss the most just some of the ones that come top of mind like obviously there's like Vegemite that Mm -hmm. Americans know about like are you pro Vegemite I am pro Vegemite. I have about two tubs upstairs in my uh, little kitchen area at the moment. Um, <laughs> that's definitely something that I had to bring with me. I was, so every now and then when I'm feeling a little bit homesick, I'll be like, all right, time for some toast and Vegemite. That's good. <laughs> um, most of our like foods that come to mind are mostly desserts. There's uh, obviously like having a barbecue that's very Australian with like snags and steaks and all that sort of stuff but yeah most of our foods are like mm, that come from Australia are like Tim Tams and Pavlovas although that's I think I think New Zealand and Australia have a little bit of a tussle over Pavlova who who had it first so I'm not sure about that one um but yeah like there's a lot of those confectionery aisle sort of objects that I always bring back I'm like here have some have some sweets you can get them in Australia it's just yeah although I I feel like Tim's here now oh that's true I was gonna say Tim Tams are probably like the easiest gift like for teammates or something like here yeah yeah definitely makes my life easier like oh missed you guys here let's let's have some (laughs) chocolate biscuits yeah Yeah. I mean, chocolate, chocolate always helps. So that's, that's just a fact. Well, I kind of wanted to, to just do some like quick fastball questions 
with you just for fun to, Mm -hmm. as we start to kind of wrap things up, which is like, I wanted to know, do you have any pregame rituals or like superstitions? Um, not really. I'm actually quite flexible with what I do. Like I don't have to wear the same hairstyle. I don't have to wear the same thing. Like I just, whatever is like, if I miss out on getting braids, I'm like, all right, up the hair goes. Like it's, it's not that I'm not that phased by it. I know that a lot of people are, but yeah, it's just never really hit me, I suppose. Well, probably a good mentality to have during COVID because nothing ever, you know, can't really rely on anything these days. So probably makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Do you listen to any like specific music before games? Um, no, I'm, I'm not a good person to ask about this. I I listen to whatever's, whatever the girls have decided to play in the locker room at that point in time, uh, which is a vast array of things like a good, good pop, country, whatever we're really like feeling at the time. <laughs> so you're more just like be with the team, go with the flow. Yeah, very much. Uh, I just enjoy the experience of what's happening at that point in time because, yeah, the girls are pretty pretty entertaining. They're, I think that's the most common like thing that stays the same every game is the I know that the girls are going to be pretty riled up, ready to go. And I can just join in with that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That helps for sure. So what do you do when you're not studying or playing softball? Um, just generally hanging out with people like uh, my roommates, my teammates. I used to be more, not so much anymore, like now, but like others, other teams as well. But with COVID and us traveling so much, it makes it a bit difficult at the moment. Um, but yeah, just generally hanging out, like whether that's going out and getting food or staying and watching movies or just chatting upstairs. Like, yeah, it's just generally getting together with them or talking with my friends and family from back home over video chat and stuff like that. What's your go-to like app for video chatting? Uh, probably Facebook Messenger. It's I do that too. And I didn't think anyone oh. else really did. No, it's the easiest. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I feel like a little less, like I, I feel more like I know what I'm doing, like with friends. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It, the most common one back home. So. Well, and it's your only social media. I just realized. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, Snapchat, but you don't really call people over there. It's, yeah. True. True. Okay. Nice. Well, who was your, role model growing up like for softball and is it the same now um for me personally I grew up uh in a very like close environment where I was like I didn't know too many people from outside of my area so my role model growing up was a a a boy a few years older than me who's now in the uh, plays in the Australian men's team and he was also playing in the Australian team back then too his name's Harry Peters uh, I know that my first pitching style that I learned was probably based the most on him when I didn't have a coach like they're like well who pitches well Harry pitches well all right we'll copy that like it was 
and he was like really nice and I knew him from like my club personally so yeah he was probably my role model growing up um I think now there are probably like too many like I've been able to expand my knowledge of the softball community back in the day as well as currently so there are like too many to list there's like Mel Roche from the past, Kaya Parnaby from now, uh, the American girls, Italian girls, Canadian girls. Like I've just been able to get this vast array of knowledge that I'm like, oh, they're all so good. Like how do you pick one? <laughs> Very true. <laughs> like it is kind of impossible. I put you in an impossible situation. So I will, I will own that. <laughs> No, but that's, <laughs> that's cool though. I think that's really awesome that it was like someone on your men's team back in Australia. Like that's, that's awesome. It's cool that there was even that sort of like relationship, you know, there between the men and the women that you would, that, that would even be a thought for you. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I grew up playing against boys all the way up until I was 18, I think. So it was, it was pretty competitive. <laughs> that is amazing. Like, I feel like I don't know about you. So you did it like actually, but I remember like in high school, I was, I pitched in high school and throwing like mm -hmm. to the baseball team and stuff like that. And them trying to hit off me, whatever. And I think people still do that now. Like pro players have tried to do that off Jenny Finch, you know, but you like did it for real. Like it was actually in real games. Yeah. Well, we have a men's fast pitch competition in Australia as well. So that's quite uh, like, it's probably just as popular as it is for women's fast pitch. So yeah, I played uh, co-ed for club against majority of the Aussie and New South Wales boys, which was both terrifying and thrilling at the same time, uh, all the way up until I was 18. So it definitely, it gave me a little bit like of that, like, see everything as a challenge because they were that much stronger, used to faster pitching. So I had to figure out how to get out those bigger batters without overpowering them. Like I had to throw around them. <laughs> right. Well, because I know if I right down the middle, it's coming straight back at me too fast for me to catch. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I'm sure that helps you now, like in terms of like location and like really hitting your spots. And like, we talked about the movement, like the emphasis on that and stuff. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I definitely think it helps. Cause yeah, it was, it was both terrifying. Cause I knew that if I did miss a spot, like it had the potential to get punished, but it was also like so much fun trying to get out these boys that were, like I said, playing nationally, internationally. Um, the yeah, I would just play on a regular basis. It was, it was pretty, pretty entertaining, pretty fun. I love that for so many reasons. I just think it's awesome. Like it's so cool. That's that's what I have to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, on that note, okay, well, let's, I wanted to wrap up then. This is still like kind of that fun vibe, but it's just a little game that I play with everybody who comes on the show. It's called Safer Out. Um, basically, I'll just bring something up. Yeah, I'll bring something up. And if you like it or you agree with it, you'll call it safe. If you don't like it or you don't agree with it, then you'll call it out. 
Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yep. Okay, cool. All right. So first one is the NCAA pitching rules where you have to drag your foot on the ground and you can't leap safe or out. For me personally, I vote out. (laughs) (laughs) I had a feeling. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy that this is the only country that does need people to drag. Yeah. So coming from international, I vote out. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, that's the part where it's like the inconsistency is interesting. Like, why is it different? Why do we still measure everything in feet and inches and not meters and like everyone else too? I don't know. Lots of questions here. (laughs) (laughs) But okay. So first one's out. Second one is rosin bags. Safer out. Um, I, I, I personally vote out, but that's because I don't use them. Yeah. So I know a lot of people use them. So I, it's, I think it's preference. (laughs) Yeah. So you're not like against like anti rosin bag. You just, they're not for you. Gotcha. No, I just, I just don't use them. Yeah. I never really use them either. I just use good old fashioned dirt. I don't know. Yeah. Wipe your hands. Yeah. Okay, good. Glad we're on the same page. (laughs) All right. So the last one is, and I ask this of pretty much everybody, bat flips, safer out. Hmm. That's a tough one. I, I think with the excessive side out in moderation as a celebration, it could be in. So I think it depends on like what it is for. Like if it's just like a little one, I think that's fine. But if it's like that into the air, I personally vote out for that one. (laughs) Yeah, like if you can tell, it almost looks like somebody practiced it. You know, you're like, mm, this had to be premeditated. Yeah, that was, they were, they were preparing for it as a, almost a big spectacle. That's not my, my jam, really. <laughs> yeah. So I, I tend to agree with you. And I feel like that's actually the, as I ask more and more people that question, that's kind of like the general consensus for the most part is like, yeah. uh, if, if it's done right sort of thing. But I always love asking pitchers because a lot of pitchers are like, absolutely not, you know. So I was curious what you were going to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like I can see both sides of it because on defense, we like throw around the field as like a celebration. So I can see the batters wanting to have their own celebration as well. So I like can see there be like a little like excitement, like, yes, I did it. But when it's like, yes in your face. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit not so good in my, my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I get that. You'll be interested to know that Danielle Laurie um, was like out, expect one in the ribs the next time you come up to that. And I was like, yeah, for some reason I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> that's so. that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. But you're, I think you're a little more, you know, you're seeing both sides a little bit better <laughs> or a little more. 
Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like if we count that as out, then you had three outs. You retired the side. Once again, another perfect game for Gabby Plain. So there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you. I mean, this was fun. I hope you had a good time, too, because I just I love getting to talk softball. I know we all do, but getting to talk to people like you who are like in the thick of it, too, is always so fun. So thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. <laughs> How cool getting to talk with Gabby about an NCAA title run and an Olympics journey all at the same time. I just still think it's so wild that a small group of student athletes are actually doing that. Like Rachel Garcia, when we talked to her earlier this season, Gabby, like it's crazy. But when you add in her story, her culture, her experience, it just gives you a little bit more perspective and a larger vocabulary, apparently, which I'm not mad at it. So So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about celebrating all victories. One of the biggest lessons I've learned in life is to just savor the moment more. You know, and I think COVID-19 has taught us that too. Once we couldn't do certain things, it just gave us some perspective and appreciation for the little things. And gratitude makes everything better. There's plenty of negativity out there, and we should soak up all the positivity that we can get right? So because really, if you think about it, the little wins matter. For example, I'm trying to drink more water right now. Whenever I actually hit my goal of 12 cups of water in a day, that's a little win. I take a minute to pat myself on the back and acknowledge that I hit that goal. It's not like I throw a party or anything. Come on. It's not that level, but just a little something to acknowledge the moment. And I'm all for, generally speaking, not dwelling on things too long and refocusing for the next thing. But sometimes we need to let ourselves celebrate a little bit. And I wish I would have done it more as a player. In softball, I mean, if you have a hard time with the rice ball, for example, and you lay off of it in an at-bat, you don't chase it. That's a win. Or if you just hit the ball hard, that's a win. Even if it's a line drive hit right at somebody and you're out, Hitting the ball hard is the goal. And the thing that these situations have in common is that there's improvement that you can build on. That's the point. If you hit the ball hard right at somebody, it's only a matter of time before you'll find a hole and get that hit that you're actually going for. And what helps too in this process is to set achievable goals that are focused more on progress than perfection. It's more productive to make the goal to hit the ball hard instead of making your goal to hit a home run. Because if you think about it, you have to hit the ball hard before it will go over the fence. You have to walk before you can run. So back to the water example. Is it my main goal, which is actually to become a successful sports broadcaster? No, but taking care of myself and doing things like hydrating will help me be better on the way to that goal. So the idea is to keep stacking little wins on top of each other on your way to the big win. But that's the thing is it's not really a win until you acknowledge it. So that's where sort of the mini celebrations come in because staying positive helps keep you loose and ultimately makes you better. So that's it. Celebrate all victories. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen, including Believe.com. 
You can also watch the videos on YouTube. I highly recommend this. There's pretty cool stuff there. Hit that subscribe button, rate the show, write a review, share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter at Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, B-L-E-A-V. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBecerra01 and Instagram at JennaBecerra as well. Thank you for joining us and catch you soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.